I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, February 7th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, tis the season to fly Canadian flags. Yeah, it's the Olympics, uh, and I'm paying pretty close attention to it. The problem, though, is that I never know who's expected to win and what's a disappointment and what's a success. So I have no idea if this is a good or bad Olympics for Canada. I will say that my initial impression is that it won't be great. We've had a couple of successes. Mikhail Kingsbury got silver in moguls, in men's moguls, and Isabel Weidman got the bronze in 3000 meter speed skating. But then there were some disappointments. Like I think uh, the Dufour LaPointe sisters uh, didn't even get to the finals in moguls and women's moguls. So who knows? I just think it's great that there are truckers showing their support for the Canadian Olympic team, both in Ottawa and Toronto, flags flying to support the country. You know, without commenting on the actual substance of the protest, it is wild that they have shut down Ottawa. Like all of Centretown is shut down because one, they're blocking every road off with these massive trucks that are hard to remove. And two, they're honking all the time, except today actually, we're recording on Sunday and they have stopped, they've ceased honking on the Lord's Day, which is a nice gesture. I will not comment on the Lord's Day and not honking because they were certainly honking on Friday when they went by me at Spadine and Bloor. Yeah, I think best not to comment other than to say flags are flying and and let's pretend they are for the Olympic team in Beijing right now. Yeah, that's good. And I will say I will end on a hopeful note that I do think it'll actually be an okay Olympics. I actually think the men's hockey team, the veterans on it, may do pretty well. The women's hockey team, they defeated Finland like 11-1. So that's pretty good. And I don't know, I, you know, like, uh, yeah, I remember in 2010 when they had the Vancouver Olympics, it was a rough start for Canada, too. And they came back and they ended up winning more golds than they ever before. And so who knows? I, I guess it's impossible to tell. You know where you can find the medal count every morning in your inbox? Yeah. And the Peaks newsletter. But we could actually start doing that, too, by the way, for Peak, uh, <laughs> for peak Daily. There's nothing stopping us either. <laughs> That's true. But it would be more fun to read it every morning. Sure. Readthepeak.com. Yeah. Just giving a little plug there. Brett, aside from the Olympics and Canadian flags, Flying in Ontario cities these days, what do we have for Peak Bells today? For our first story, wheels up. For our second story, jobs down. And for our third story, quantum computer. For our first story, anyone doubting the rebound of the travel sector, may we point you to Hopper's most recent $6.4 billion, with a B, dollar valuation. The Montreal-based travel app is flying high after selling $44.6 million worth of equity to Brookfield Asset Management this week. Brett, that's a huge round for Hopper. What do you want to tell Peak Pals about this up-and-coming and actually crushing travel app? Yeah, so if you haven't used Hopper before, it's this it's an app on your phone that made a name for itself by promising travelers the best prices on flights, hotels, and cars. It really started out with flights, though. And now it's recently expanded into short-term rental listings, which puts it in competition with Airbnb and Verbo. Now, despite nearly two years of travel restrictions, the business is actually growing rapidly. Hopper was the most downloaded travel app in the US last year, and the company more than doubled its pre-pandemic revenue in Q1 last quarter which is pretty impressive. Now, you might be wondering what investors love so much about Hopper. Well, it's their high-margin financial products that can be sold directly to travelers, like paying an added fee to receive a credit for when you cancel a flight. Last year, Capital One partnered with Hopper to power the credit card giant's travel rewards platform, and the Hopper Cloud platform lets other businesses tap into Hopper's suite of travel fintech products. So, Brett, why does Hopper's latest round matter so much? Cloud computing, that is just money. Whenever you hear cloud computing, you know it's money. With the end of the pandemic era, restrictions appear to be hurting the valuation of tech companies. The tech-heavy Nasdaq is actually down more than 10% this year. Hopper stands to cash in on the reverse effect for travel as more people hit the road again. 
Hey, job market, are you good? We saw you were down 200,000 positions and wanted to check in. Jay, what's happening with the Canadian job market? The $200,000 job losses in January, of which 117,000 were part-time and 83,000 were full-time, were well above analyst forecasts of 110,000. Another 620,000, up 66%. People were employed, but working less than half of the usual hours, the largest increase during the pandemic. Losses were concentrated in service sectors with 113,000 job losses in food services and hospitality, and another 48,000 in culture and recreation. There are a lot of numbers tossed around there. I think I'll the say. one takeaway is that that we lost a lot of jobs last quarter. And here's why it's happening. This is the first set of job numbers that captured lockdowns implemented in response to the Omicron variant, especially in Ontario, which took a heavy toll on restaurants, bars, gyms, hotels, and other high-contact service businesses. Now, in comparison, January job numbers in the United States, which largely avoided implementing the severe lockdown measures that we saw here, they were much more positive with the economy adding 467,000 jobs and wages rising 5.7% from the previous year. So Jay, what's the big picture behind these job numbers? Well, Brett, with unemployment up to 6.5%, significantly higher than 4% in the US, it's looking like workers hoping for a pay raise to offset rising inflation might be out of luck for the time being. The disappointing jobs data may also give the Bank of Canada pause before raising interest rates in March, a decision that could further slow the pace of economic recovery. For our last story, IBM plans to launch its first Canadian-based quantum computer in Quebec in partnership with the provincial government. Brett, probably a good place to start is a good explanation of what quantum computing actually is. Well, if you want to see a fun clip, there's a short video of Prime Minister Trudeau explaining it to a class of students. And he's very proud of himself for, for giving this explanation, which I'm about to give you right now. So while our computers hold basic computing power that involves calculations with sets of ones and zeros, quantum computing allows for some calculations to happen simultaneously, merging the ones and zeros almost in a way to increase overall computing power. For instance, quantum computers can accelerate life sciences research, such as in drug design and genomics. They can also augment existing research being done with AI. Now, these computers are unbelievably complex, and they're also very costly. So a $131 million investment to alleviate these roadblocks is significant. Part of Quebec's payoff is access to the company's quantum computing power, as well as its software models and libraries. Now, IBM may be leading the charge, but some younger Canadian companies have formed an industry group called the Quantum Computing Industry Canada to promote the country's burgeoning sector as well. So, Jay, why does IBM's Canadian quantum computing launch matter? The National Research Council Canada projects the country's quantum market could be worth as much as $142 billion by 2040, but it'll take years for the technology to become anywhere near mainstream. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Brett, have a good week. 